If you ask the DM how many hit points the monster has, then you just might be playing it wrong. Ah, yes, that actually happened last week. Blair asked how many hit points the monster had, so he would know which spell to use to kill the monster. No, I didn't tell him. There ain't no little health bar above a monster's head that tells you how many hit points it has. So, no, you don't know. So, he opted for Fireball. Well, he killed the monster, and two party members, by the way. And, oh, by the way, in case you're wondering, yeah, the monster only had eight hit points. And with that, welcome to episode 18, season two of Playing It Wrong. We're moving along this year. It's going to buy faster than I thought it was going to go. What's up in this episode? I have no idea. Actually, I have some ideas, but... Golly knows if I'm going to get around to him, because it's been a crazy, crazy, lazy weekend. If many of you may notice, I don't do that much social media or anything on the weekends, especially on Saturday. And Saturday kind of turns into a sit-down, daydream, think, when I'm not doing chores. A lot of daydreaming. You know, meaning to write, meaning to write, you know, RPG stuff, but no. It's sit-down, think, philosophize, get inside my head in a good way. So what's this episode about in a way? Well, actually, it's about crossing the streams or crossing genres or mixing genres, mixing and matching. If you've been around the old blog a long time, I know you know that I love playing around with rules and doing tweaks and sort of cross-contaminating games and making Franken-games out of, well, this bit is good and this bit is good, let's add it to this other game and all that other stuff. So, But this week I thought, you know, let's, let's talk about genres. And there's, you know, let's see... The two big granddaddies of the cross-genre type games are Rifts, and yes, I was young. I played it. I needed the XP, and yeah, that, that was a Palladium version, and I played the uh, Savage World version one, which was a lot better than the Palladium version, which, well, it's Palladium, and, well, do your research if you want to hear all the <coughs> interesting aspects to that game system. And then the other one, of course, is Shadowrun, and what can I say? During uh, the FASA days, I played the crap out of that thing. You know, sure, orcs and cyberware and elves and all that stuff. Yeah, it's D&D cyberpunk, but still, we played the crap out of it. We had a lot of fun. And like I said, mainly with the third edition of third FASA edition. I think now they're doing sixth edition or something. God only knows. I've totally lost track of the game. But it was fun back in the day. But anyway, what has led me down this crazy dark path of crossing genres and doing weird stuff because well first of all i've been really really happy with uh dark streets and darker secrets and of getting that old new bay city campaign going again of some fun urban fantasy which i guess in a way is cross genre modern and fantasy type stuff but the way our gaming group works is you know we meet on thursdays at the flgs and alternate between dms each week because it leads to less DM burnout and less player burnout, but it's not so far spaced out that everybody loses track. But one of our kind of guidelines, house rules, is not to run two games that are too similar at the same time to keep, well, the players from getting confused, especially if something is heavily plot-driven. With that being said, the other DM really wants to run Scion, and uh, players are excited about it, so I got nothing against that, so I may have to come up with a plan B. So my plan B is going back into my, you know, the, the plan B file in the back of my head. It's like, what things have I been wanting to run that I haven't ran yet? One of those I'm lovely calling Pirates vs. Cthulhu. So originally the idea is 
probably use Savage Worlds because I've got some really cool old Savage Worlds stuff, namely Pirates of the Spanish Main, Realms of Cthulhu, and Solomon Kane. Those all three will fit perfectly together, mismatch them together, and have an interesting weird thing because I want to see them use cannons against an old one or well, an eldritch thingy. And as the saying goes, everything's better with pirates. But I got kind of two problems in the back of my head here. One is I really haven't come up with any adventure ideas. And two, yes, in Realms of Cthulhu there's lots of knobs you can twist to make it more deadly and more sanity stealing but it's still Savage Worlds, and there's still a very much that cinematic, pulpy undertone to it. And I don't want to mix the pulpy undertone with my Cthulhu. I want, oh crap, we're dead or insane. So yeah, I'm thinking about that. The other one is, I blame Glenn Halstrom, old man Grognard. Uh, in his anchor cast, he's yacked a lot about uh, Wild West games. And I thought, Wild West would be fool, cool. But then again, there's Down Darker Trails. Once again, I'm going to Cthulhu again. I don't know why. But Cthulhu and the Old West, that would be cool. Monster Hunters in the Old West, even if they're all of supernatural crap in Cthulhu too. That would be interesting. And now, once again, I'm not talking about Deadlands because I don't want the steampunk undertones. I want horror. I want eldritch things. I want all the the bad crappy stuff that, well, that, that makes Cthulhu so enjoyable. Of course, and, and this is the way my weird mind works, is I started going down the path like, Wild West is such a cool, it's a, it's a cool genre, and it's, and I, I, for all my friends across the world, or any listeners across the world, it's a very American thing, of uh, the fascination with the Wild West, not as it was, but as it's portrayed in the movies, and TV series, and radio shows, and various other bits of fiction. But I kind of went down the, the path in my head of like, what else could you do? You know, you could do fantasy. Now, there, there are some fantasy Wild West games out there, but it's kind of, well, they kind of basically kind of look like D&D with six shooters, which, I don't know, that's not it. Maybe, I don't know, I want something more along without the D&D undertones anymore. If I were to do a Shadowrun-type campaign anymore, I would make it, I don't know, i take out all the D&D-type stuff just because... I'm in my old age, I'm wanting to get my D&D crap in my D&D bucket and other crap in another bucket, okay? Just separate it. There was an old ancient meme on the internet. It was called the GURPS Iron DM Challenge, or Iron GM, or Referee, whatever the hell they call it, challenge. And it was basically this. Grab three random GURPS supplements and make a campaign out of it. Because if you're familiar with GURPS in the old days, they had a buttload of supplements for every genre period of history and future that you could think of and putting three of them together well that would be interesting which you know speaking of like crossing genres you know there was another idea that i had a long time ago of sort of like a modern pulp mainly inspired by venture brothers where you'd have magic and super science and heroes going out fighting pseudo super villains and that sort of thing but i don't and that's the thing i want to go wildly on here generally about crossing genres putting two known things together in a way that makes sense. Now there's one RPG like Victorious, which is basically steampunk superheroes. And as I kind of mentioned, I'm not that big into steampunk, but that is kind of an interesting idea. I like it. The thing is, when you, you you're doing the crossing genres, you've got to f- you've got to make your fluff come together. 
But then you have to look at the undertoning, underlying game system, like I was talking about with the Pirates vs. Cthulhu. A Pirates vs. Cthulhu with the Savage Worlds and a Pirates vs. Cthulhu with Call of Cthulhu would be two vastly different games, even though they're supposed to be the same setting and everything. So, the underlying game system has to also fit the tone of what the campaign's going to be like. And I am sounding really, really, really weird today. I'm sorry. You know, I've been thinking about getting a microphone to do more, like, random daily things to an extra microphone, because the microphone on my phone kind of sucks, and it sounds, like, awful. But Audacity's fun. Anyway, crossing the genres. Do it. Play with it. It's a great playground, if you think about it. It's a playground of imagination, just like RPGs are. You know, you take two weird ideas, put them together, make them fit, and make an interesting campaign that's still going to be familiar to the players, but just different enough that it's going to be new. Because, let's face it, guys, we've been beaten to death the same genres over decades. I mean, how many fantasy RPGs do I have sitting on my shelf from various editions of D&D, clones, retro clones, originals, different systems? I got tons. Fantasy, science fiction, pounded. But you take those simple genres and throw some other shit in it to make it even more interesting. Hell. Do cavemen versus aliens. Yeah, who knows? Whatever. You know, whatever your little old heart desires. Have fun. Roll dice. Kill monsters. Take their stuff. But this is not the end of the episode. No, I gotta go and read the reading from the Little Brown Books because we're going right through volume two. Monsters and Treasure. If you've been keeping up, uh, last week we finished up with dragons, so we're, we're maybe, let me, let me turn the page here, maybe, if there's a lot of boring stuff, yeah, we got a long way to go, monsters, so we are not finishing monsters today. We're going to, like, get about half of them. So what do we got, you know, oddly enough, I don't know why these things are not organized in any kind of sens sensible order, because the next entry after dragon is gargoyles. And there's a description. They're hostile. Attack. And they're semi-intelligent. And that's pretty much it. Except, oh yeah, you need magical weapons to hit them. <coughs> yeah, it kind of sucks. And we have a whole thing on lycanthropes with the uh, werewolf, werebore, were-tiger, and werebear. Um, packs. Uh, under 900. Yeah, I, once again, it's really kind of boring. And then, of course, we haven't. Yeah, I mean, really, there's nothing really in there except it does do more about the pack thing in the little brown books, explaining that, you know, you can subdue them, well, the young ones, if they're in a pack. Um, and, of course, getting affected with lycanthropy. You know, Anymore, anytime, thanks to urban fantasy, if the player character in D&D gets infected with lycanthropy, they want to play it out. I'm going to be a werewolf! No, no, no. In D&D, you're a fucking monster. Get over it. No. Oh, but next, we have a classic monster, the Purple Worm. They're huge and hungry and lurk nearly everywhere just in beneath the surface. 50 feet long. Call Mwadib. Uh, poisonous Sting. Swaller. Swaller? 
I'm in Texas, so I can say swallow. Swallow an ogre-sized opponent in one gulp. Um, yeah, that would be it. Um, in six turns, the creature will be dead. In 12 turns, it will be totally digested and irrecoverable. Wait, six to eight hours and dig it out of the purple worm poop. And they never check mo morale and will always attack. Because it's a big effing worm. Sea monsters. As a general rule, these creatures are more for show than anything else. So, why is it here? And it tells you they could guard treasure. As big as a purple worm. The best guide is a book on prehistoric life forms from which referee can make a number of suitable forms for a sea monster. Typically, hits or similar would inflict three to four dice of damage. So, make your shit up yourself. Minotaurs. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. They're above human size. They are man-eaters. They never check morale. They will always attack. And they will pursue as long as their prey is in sight. You know, the classic bullheaded man. And all of us who have debated rules are well acquainted with such. There's a joke in there. Centaurs. At worst, these creatures are semi-intelligent, and therefore centaurs will always carry some form of weapon. That makes no sense. But anyway, um, they'll carry clubs, morning stars, lances, spears, bows. Melee centaurs attack twice, once as a man, once as a medium horse. Centaurs will be found in hidden glens. It is here that both their females and young are, and where their treasure is hidden. In the lair will be found one to six additional males. Females equal in number to twice the n total number of males, and young equal to the number of males. Okay, that's too much math to figure out how many damn monsters are in a clan. Females are not generally armed and will not fight, and the young also are non-combatant, except in a life-death situation. Eh. Unicorns! Uni! I hated that part of the cartoon. Ugh. <sighs> Unicorns, only a maiden in the strictest sense of the term, of pure and noble heart, may approach this fierce and elusive unicorn. Blah, blah. Uh, let's see. Ridden by maiden warriors. Otherwise, they will avoid human contact unless pressed. When attacking, the unicorn fights as a lance on its first charge and as a spear and a heavy horse after that. In addition, unicorns are very magical. They resist magic as if they were an 11th level magic user. They can sense the approach of enemies within 24 inches. They're also able to transport themselves on their riders using a dimension door. Once per day. And last on this page, because we're on page 15 and I've rambled on long enough, are Nixies. Water sprites. Neutral, but they always seek to lure humans beneath the waters and enslave them for one year. That's really a neutral thing to do. For every ten Nixies, there appear to be one. There will be one charm person spell being cast at any one person within three inches of their lair. I have no idea why it's worded that way. Another charmed character, any charmed character, will immediately proceed underwater and remain there until, until the year is up when he is freed, unless he drowns first. <laughs> the spell magic has a 75% chance of succeeding before the charmed character is immersed. Nixies are otherwise armed with daggers and javelins. In the waters, they will be accompanied by a school of the largest and fiercest fish living therein. Probably musky, pike, or gar. That is if you're in fresh water, folks, with a musky, pike, or gar. Uh, the size of the school being 10 to 100 fish. Of course, I bet there are no damn stats for a musky, a pike, or a gar. 
The fish will attack on command from the Nixies, but flames such as a flaming sword will keep the fish back, but not the Nixies. How are you going to keep... I, I mean, magical flame, yes, but... How are you going to keep fish back with fire? I mean, that has got to be some really weird... And if they're on land, with the, f the fish going to like jump up and bite them and then pull... I mean, it's a gar. I mean, gar... Okay, look it up on the internet, people. That is just weird. Um, yeah, so I've... That's all I can take, because I'll start off next week with Pixies and Dryads, because, well, in case you want to know, at the very beginning when I was talking about the monster that had eight hit points, yeah, the the character used a fireball on a Dryad, which, yeah, like I said, it had eight hit points. He took out the tree, and, well, two party members. So, but they, they were charmed anyway, so what the hell. So anyway, um, we will come back next week. And you know what? We'll continue on with Dryads, Gnomes, Dwarves, and other stuff. And who knows? Looks like next week we may, we may. Well, no, there's still a lot of monsters yet. Well, we'll, we'll continue on through the monsters. Because there's lots of weird stuff the way this stuff is word worded. And with that, I will bid you adieu. Have a wonderful week. Remember to roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, and have some goddamn fun, people. Quit the bitching. Anyway. With that, also, I would like to say, you know, find us on Facebook or find me on Facebook at They Might Be Gazebos. Go to the blog, They Might Be Gazebos, letter B, not B-E, dot blog, They Might Be Gazebos, dot blog. It's on the show profile, too. And, heck, you'll figure it out. Y'all are smart, right? Well, I'm not. Anyway, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Roll those dice, folks. Have fun. Thanks for listening.